Hey, 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 everybody. My name's Ryan Atkinson, and you are on the Biz Cloud. If you are interested in traveling and traveling the world, this episode is for you. Seth has lived in 20 different locations, and he is only 39 years old. We talk about like the psychology of it, how to find community. If you're thinking about moving somewhere, he, he talks about that. He says how to find um, a, community, a community and people like you um, to interact with and just make friends with. Um, it was a great episode. He had a military dad, um, and they lived all the way from like Alaska all the way to Japan. Um, and so Seth has really seen the world. It's a great episode to talk with him just about travel. Um, and he's also starting up his own podcast, everything, everywhere where you can meet uh, Seth. That'll be in the description. But he's also just learning on how to, how to travel full time. I think that's basically the dream for any content creator right now is to travel full time um, while making content and get paid for it. Um, so Seth talks a little bit about that throughout the episode. It's a really fun episode. I really enjoyed interviewing with Seth. Like I said, he has a podcast, so he was basically a natural at this. Um, so if you enjoy Seth, uh, please follow him and also please hit subscribe or follow on this podcast if you are enjoying it at any given time. I really appreciate the support and appreciate the help. And lastly, we made the, the shift over to YouTube as well. Um, that link will be in the description. Um, but basically, all I have to search is like Ryan Atkinson. And hopefully, I come up. I only have like 10 subscribers right now. So uh, <laughs> it might come up. But definitely go out there if you want to uh, see all the interviews uh, and how they're dealt with um, over Zoom. Um, and lastly, before we get started, I want to let you guys know we have a 30% off coupon for findyourhealthyplace.com. Use coupon Ryan Atkinson at checkout so you guys can get that 30% off on all your, your health things that you may need from vitamins to minerals to CBD oils. They have everything. So check them out. That link will be in the description as well. So let's dive in with Seth. Let's learn more how to travel full time. To welcome Seth Sutherland on the show today. Seth, thank you so much for joining us. I'm super excited to have you. Well, hey, thanks so much, Ryan, for having me. I'm excited to chat on here. And like I said, this is my first podcast that I've been a guest on. So super stoked. We're making history. <laughs> We're making history. We're turning the spotlight back onto you. Um, so you can give us all your tips now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Before we get started, I want to ask you our one fun question to start the, to start the episode, if that sounds good to you. Absolutely. So I know you've been- I'm a little nervous. <laughs> no, no, no pressure. So I know you've been all over the world, but I have to ask you, if you had to eat one type of food for the rest of your life, what is it? Is it Mexican, American, Italian? Oh, that's easy. Uh, sushi. <laughs> Sushi, okay. <laughs> Sushi, yeah. I, I'm actually vegetarian, so I don't have uh, the seafood in it, but I absolutely love sushi. And we actually just finished eating it. Okay. So, yeah, I we had it for it. dinner I today. I love it. I love it. I'm a big fan of sushi the past two years or so, so I can definitely, I can definitely join you on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a, I don't know. It's just amazing. It's so good. It maybe started from my time in Japan. Uh, we used to we used to have this snack where we'd have fried tofu. We could pick it up at little supermarkets, fried tofu wrapped in in seaweed. And yeah, people in America were like, "What the heck? That sounds disgusting!" But we loved it. And yeah, now now I really like sushi. We just make it with like fried tofu and and uh, sweet potato. It's good. Sounds bomb. It sounds like I'm going to be coming over for dinner some night um, in over in Iceland, but I do want to turn the floor to you. We're going to turn the spotlight onto you. Can you just give us an introduction on who you are and everything you've done? Yeah, well, my name, like you said, is Seth Sutherland. Uh, my dad is a military chaplain. He is currently in South Korea. Uh, so that kind of, that kind of 
was the emphasis for a lot of my travels when I was younger. Uh, however, my dad also wasn't sure if he wanted to be in the military. So he would get out and we'd move other places and then he'd get back in and we'd move. So yeah, we moved a lot. Uh, when I turned 16, I just completed our 16th move. Um, and I think total, shoot, I, I should have counted up, but something over 20 times um, I've moved completely and I'm only 28. 29, 28. Yeah. <laughs> so grew up traveling all over the place. We spent some time in China, um, spent a couple of years in Japan, and then all over the United States. I was born in Oregon, spent a majority of my time living in Alaska, and then the last few years was in Tennessee. And then also short trips in between, but those are all the places I've lived. Yeah, that is crazy. Is there a place that stuck out to you the most? Yeah, as far as all the play, you know, people ask that all the time. And I was kind of mulling over this question before our conversation. It's so hard to say. Um, each place is different. Each place is unique. And some places I absolutely loved. But if you think about living there for longer than, you know, six months or whatever, it is not a great fit for you. Mm -hmm. um, I, I will say I really loved Alaska, the wide open spaces, uh, the mountains, just kind of the remoteness, the remote aspect of it. Uh, but it's a little cold, it's a little dark, and I don't think it would be a good fit long term. I, I also love Tennessee. Um, Tennessee is just, it, it's kind of where we're located. It's in Chattanooga. So it's kind of this central, um, it's a five hour drive down to Florida. Uh, you can go to Boston, you can go to DC, Baltimore, that whole area. You can also go out to the Midwest. So it's kind of like the, the central location. Um, and it's great for if you're into rock climbing, which I've never done, but I did some kayaking, uh, a lot of hiking, a lot of cool stuff to do around the Chattanooga, Chattanooga area. So yeah, I, I really like Tennessee. I, I miss it, but that's the, <laughs> that's such a hard question. Yeah. It, it is amazing. Like you, I think 20 places and you're 28, 29 now, I think that's pretty incredible. Where are you at right now? Yeah. So right now I am in Iceland. Uh, I moved here two years ago, um, got married to an Icelandic girl. We actually met in college. We both uh, went to nursing school nice. and so ended up moving here to Iceland and we are still here. Uh, that being said, it is very cold and very dark here as well. So we're not sure how long we'll stay here. Uh, we'll probably be heading somewhere warmer. We've been looking at Europe, like Denmark, somewhere uh in that area um or we could go to hawaii that's that's also on the table <laughs> nice. so it honestly seems like it's kind of like in your blood to just kind of pick up and travel from country to country in a way isn't it <laughs> unfortunately yes <laughs> it, it's it's both fortunate and unfortunate and i i don't know if we want to dive into this right now but it's kind of i've noticed uh who i am as a person is very uh, affected by my growing up years as traveling all over the place, um, especially, and I know we're talking business, especially in regards to like relationships and ideas and mm -hmm. just kind of coming up with uh, new new ideas and new experiences to create. Um, because when when we were moving, there was actually seven of us kids. Um, so I'm I'm one of seven. <laughs> Uh, and we were all homeschooled. So we had to be like that new kid in class all the time over and over, but we were able to learn on our own. And whenever we traveled to different locations, we would go to the museums, we'd learn the history. Cool. Um, huge, huge in Japan um, was the history of like World War II 
and how it affected both Americans and Japanese. And it was interesting because we got to go to Hir Hiroshima, um, mm. which was the first uh, atomic bomb uh, drop. And we didn't, we didn't get to Nagasaki, but we went to Hiroshima. And then we also went to the Air and Space Museum in back in the US and saw the Enola Gay, the bomber that dropped the bomb. So it's kind of, it's really cool as kids to be able to connect such huge um, events on a global scale and be able to see both sides of the story. So yeah, it's, it, it, it's definitely helped me to think more globally um, yeah. as well as, yeah, be okay with flexibility and new experiences and just embrace change as it comes. Yeah, I love that. Cause so when I visited London, uh, gosh, 20, 2019, the winter of 2019, this is right before COVID. Um, that doesn't matter, but just being in London, it taught me like how young like America really is. That was one of the biggest takeaways from it. I was like, we're traveling places. I'm like, this is where like King, King Henry the first, like got stabbed by like his daughter or something. And it's like, this was built in like the 1400s and it really puts in perspective, like how young America is. Um, is there a place that like stuck out to you um, when you're traveling abroad that was like, whoa, this place is really unique. This place is really different from anything I've seen. <laughs> well, it's funny you should mention the historical aspect of, of different countries, because here in Iceland, um, we actually have the longest running parliament uh, still today um, called the Athing. And you have, um, yeah, it started, uh, it started in Thingvetler National Park. They, they have a national park now. And it, it was Law Rock where all the Viking tribes would come together. And um, every three years, like they would, they would read a third of the law every year. So every three years, they would read through the law. And that was the parliament back in the day. Um, so like you're saying, this, I, I don't remember the exact dates, but um, thousand a thousand years or so, uh, which is insane to the American mind, you know, because we're like, what, 200 years old? It's like, whoa. Um, so yeah, Iceland has, has a lot of unique aspects as far as the historical aspects because of just how much history is here on this island. Yeah. But yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else that's, um, that has stood out to me. I, I mean, I could talk to you all day about Iceland, so we don't have time for time for everything there. Um, I, I do remember when I went to Japan. Uh, another thing about Japan is it, they're very technically advanced. Okay. Um, we lived there from 1999 to 2001. Well, technically, 99 we were in Okinawa, which is not part of Japan, but it's very yeah. close. And then we moved to um, mainland Japan, and yeah, I just remember. As a kid, I mean, this was, you know, 21 years ago, mm -hmm. uh, I was just blown away by all the technology. They had these flip phones with when somebody would call, the lights would go up and down on the phone. And this was, I mean, before we even had Blackberries or, yeah. you know, mobile phones really in everybody's, everybody's house here in the US. Mm -hmm. So it was insane. And they had, you know, the robots, um, they had you go to these like Home Depot stores and they would have balloons. Mm. I love that as a kid. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was, it was very, it was a very unique experience for me to be in Japan, especially as a, as a younger kid, because that really, that really opened my eyes to, you know, how countries do things differently, right. including their public transportation. You know, they, they have the train system and everybody just uses it. You know, not, not many people had personal cars. You just kind of get on the local train station from your subdivision and <laughs> go to work. And uh, yeah, it works. 
Um, America is very spread out in that regard. Mm-hmm. I, I'm talking as a fellow American. So, you know, probably a lot of your audience is American. Um, America is very spread out. You know, you have the suburbs where you live and then you drive to the cities. Uh, whereas in Europe and many Asian countries, you don't really need a car. I was talking to somebody just the other day. She's from Russia and living here in, in Iceland. And she's working on getting her um, driver's license and she's 29. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's not that big a necessity um, in a lot of countries. So that's, that's been something cool that I've, I've learned. And I think it's good to kind of mix, you know, I love the freedom of it's also really great uh as far as um, you know climate wise as mm-hmm. and just um efficiency i i hate rush hour traffic it's terrible <laughs> so public transportation is good yeah i love that and honestly this question like popped into mind um as you're talking but uh, i should ask it earlier um on my part but what it, so when you're jumping around from like country to country i mean what's like the most challenging part um like documentation wise so, like live there if you're kind of picking up that question, like adjusting the currencies, um, what's like the biggest challenge from jumping from like an America to like in like in Iceland? Yeah, I think the biggest hundred percent, the biggest challenge is community. Um, right. Finding finding people who uh, you can really you don't realize how important that is until you actually live in a different country. Um, currency, you know, you can figure that out. You can Google yeah. all that. Um, it's it's tough. Like they're all challenges. But if you um, stay somewhere for an extended period of time, like three months, six months, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't actively search out a community, that can be the toughest thing. Oh, Here yeah. in Iceland, uh, we only have like 375,000 people in the country. Yeah. It's an <laughs> insanely small. Uh, and so here in the city, well, in any place, uh, people grow up, they make their friends in kindergarten, they go through school with them, they get jobs down the block from them. Yep. Uh, we it's funny because it even goes into the family dynamics. A lot of, I've had this discussion with coworkers at work and, you know, it's not a big deal for them. They're like, oh yeah, my parents split up, but you know, they're just at opposite ends of the neighborhood. So, you know, one week with one and one week with the other, um, every, everything's really, so then as a foreigner coming in, trying to integrate into that close knit society is really tough. And, it's tough here, but it's also tough in, you know, places like Japan, where you don't know the language. So you have that language barrier, you have that cultural barrier. Uh, Japan has a huge cultural, uh, what do you say, separation from Americans, um, just in kind of their honor, honor code, their respect. um, And just various traditions. Uh, when we were there, you know, everybody takes off their shoes when they go into the house, you know, it's a sign of respect. When you go to somebody's house to visit, you take an Omiyagi gift. Um, I'm not sure if it was just to visit or if you, I think it was just to visit for like an extended period of time. Um, which is something, you know, Americans they're like, why you take a gift for that? So, (laughs) you know, that, that can be perceived as, as rude. So finding people who understand you and you're able to relate to can be, it's probably the most challenging thing. Yeah, I believe that. And uh, how many, how many languages, can you speak like five different languages or? (laughs) Actually, no, I can speak (laughs) a a few words in uh, Japanese, uh, of course, a few words in Spanish, and then I'm learning Icelandic. Okay. So that's, Yeah, I am hardcore monolingual when it comes to learning Icelandic. I'm like, this is so hard. It's, yeah. 
Um, I, I, I kind of wish we had learned more when I was younger back in Japan, but we didn't. So. Yeah, that's fair. And how do you, so going back, I just had to ask that question, but like, how do you get that sense of community? Are you like looking around uh, on like, like Facebook groups, for example, like, Hey, I'm in Iceland. Like, does anyone want to meet up or like, how does that, how does that even work? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like you said, Facebook is a huge place. Uh, I'm part of groups. We have Americans in Iceland. Um, yep. There's a group called Foreigners in Iceland. There's a group, um, entrepre- foreign entrepreneurs in Iceland. Whoa. Uh, people have created like all sorts of groups that you can really kind of niche down on mm-hmm. and be like, hey, what kind of community do I want to interact with? Yeah. Um, and then also I'm a Christian, so I plugged into the church community here. Awesome. That's that's also uh, a huge, um, it's kind of easy because it's something that you connect on. And that's the, that's the biggest thing I would say is find something that you connect mm-hmm. with other people. So yeah. whether that's also aviation, you know, I connect with aviation people, I connect with... Um, yeah, mainly aviation and and then of course travel. So mm-hmm. content creation, I, I connect with the other photographers. Um, and that's been the main way that we do it here in Iceland because my wife has family here, of course, um, but that, that social bubble is only so big. <laughs> and the other thing is you don't always... Uh, you don't always jive with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might reach out to them and making friends as adults is hard. Yeah. It, it sucks. Like something you don't really realize until you actually need to do that. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, social media is huge for it's, um, whether it's photography on Instagram or just, you know, groups on Facebook. Perfect. I love it. And so we can start diving into that content creation. Um, this is the perfect path. Wait, can you tell us, tell us about Travel Worth Living, the podcast, uh, what your goal with it is? And yeah, I want to hear more about it. It's, it's really intriguing. Yeah. So Travel Worth Living started uh, last spring. I was, I was reached, um, so a, a group of guys reached out to me and they had started this basically like Airbnb experiences just Airbnb experiences. So it, it was a company um, that they had started for online experiences and they wanted me to help with marketing and brand uh, brand design basically. Yeah. And so I joined them and COVID hit yeah. and we, we, we kind of, uh, we had, we had many discussions about what we we're going to do with it. But before, before we decided to walk away from the project and kind of just let it, let it rest. Yeah. Um, I'd started a podcast to drive traffic back to the company. Mm, and so this podcast was travel worth living, basically where I would talk to uh, people from all over the world about travel. And I started, <laughs> as, as you know, as a fellow podcaster, it's <laughs> so intimidating that first recording and the second oh. recording, you know, and I, I got some um, friends who are really good or have done a lot of travel and I just recorded with them and I was like, Oh, this isn't too bad. I actually really enjoy this. <laughs> and so I, I just, I kept recording. And even after we walked away from the the project, I just kept doing travel worth living. Nice. And I, I assumed all the responsibility for it. I just kind of created it um, as a, a business unto its own. And yeah, I talked to, I've been able to connect with incredible people and something I've learned that is so important in business is leverage the use of leverage uh if if you have something everybody thinks in terms of money it's like oh if I had this much money I could invest in that or if I had this much money I could buy this you know 
but use your leverage. If you have an audience, that's leverage. Mm -hmm. If you have experience, that's leverage. And so with the podcast, it's like when you have this audience, you're able to reach people who would otherwise never talk to you. Yep. And it's, it's pretty incredible. I, I interviewed uh, this one guy, Grant. He wrote a book that I am now blanking on. Anyway, it's a, it's a <laughs> safari book. Um, he, he runs a, um, a game reserve down in South Africa. And he wrote this book. I listened to the book and I was like, this guy is incredible. Like just the stories that he would tell about the rhino wars and his brother's a veterinarian who would um, work with the anti-poaching. And I was like, I need to get this guy on the podcast. And so I reached out to him and he came on and I had a platform to share his stories. I was just, that was probably the first one. I was like, oh my goodness, I am interviewing <laughs> this, this uh, author for my, for my show. Um, yeah, so that, that was an incredible conversation. It's funny because he's actually uh, given me two or three more yeah, three or so more guests. Yeah. He would just message me on Instagram. He'd be like, hey, you should you should interview so-and-so. And so it's another guy, um, Barry. He is incredible. He uh, worked with the Royal Green Berets in the British military. And he specialized in mountaineering and cold weather training and did a lot of training in Norway. And he did an expedition with a couple other guys commemorating Shackleton's 100th anniversary of his uh, infamous, well, famous trip. Nobody died, so I guess it's famous. <laughs> um, basically, his rescue mission. And I mean, the cold, the, the hardships these guys went through, like the guy I interviewed, you know, recreating that trip as authentically as possible absolutely insane so listening to his mindset you know and and how he pushes through um certain situations and he's actually working on uh, setting a world record in antarctica this fall so i'm anxious to watch that um but yeah it's it's just been incredible meeting these people mm -hmm. and getting to talk to them and that's all come from you know growing the podcast and and using that love it's a win-win you know yeah. i love meeting them and then they get to share their story so yeah, that's, yeah, that's been one of my favorite parts about the podcast is like, it really opens doors to people that will talk to you that probably wouldn't talk to you without, <laughs> without a podcast or without any reason really too. So I really, re I really, really resonate with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's been, it, it's been a blast so far. And as for the future, it, like we were talking before I started recording, um, I took a season break and we are launching season two later tonight. Uh, so that's super exciting. But I took that break because I felt like I kind of hit a stalemate. Um, mm -hmm. People were enjoying the travel stories, but I didn't have a target audience. And yep. I, I realized my entire focus was on travel and travel mm -hmm. was way too broad. Yeah. Um, I had, you know, conservationists, I had, um, sports enthusiasts or, uh, pro athletes. Um, I had just people who enjoyed traveling, um, just so many different genres all on my podcast, which might be great at some point, but it's terrible for growing it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I took the season break and I was like, what do I want to do with my podcast? And, and some of the people that I'd been talking to on the podcast were full-time travelers who were content creators. And it kind of rung a, a light bulb for me because I was like, you know, content creation is something that everybody, we've probably all seen those ads on Facebook. Like, mm. do you dream of living on your own terms? Yep. <laughs> oh, they like, 
they kind of get to me because I, I, I am so against selling things on emotion. I hate that. You know, I, it's like, if you're going to rip me off because I am desperate, like sitting in my office in my cubicle with the air conditioner on, like, oh, I want to get out of here. I hate this. And then I get this ad and it's like, live life on your own terms. And then I buy their product. Like, I feel like that's low key, a little scammy. So I, that's kind of a tangent of my own, but, um, but there is a legitimate business in the world of content creation. And these people are selling like a legitimate business. And so I kind of want to uncover it a little bit and share why it's important, why it's great and why it's also valid and not just a scam. Um, because the basic premise is, you know, these people, um, travel the world and create content and they work with businesses. Businesses use their content um, either to advertise for themselves or mm-hmm. to promote their brand to these people, fo- people's followers. Yep. And it's good because, you know, then the brand doesn't have to hire a makeup artist. They don't have to hire a model um, mm-hmm. production. They don't have to hire a photographer. Like there's a lot that goes into marketing shoots. And then you have these influencers who they're already all of that and they have experience. And so they're able to work with brands and the most money, because some people are like, oh, it's kind of like a pyramid scheme, you know, grow your audience and then sell back to your audience. Well, the most money that um, content creators make is actually selling photos to the brands. So they'll, you never see it on the, on, on their feed. Yeah. They'll make money doing collaborations with brands, but most of their, their money, they actually go to these cool locations, take photos for the brand. Mm -hmm. And then it goes off onto their, you know, marketing or webpage or pamphlets or whatever. And so then in return, you know, not only do these um, content creators get paid, but they also get free stays in hotels or, um, you know, resorts. So it's, it's kind of win-win all around. And that's kind of what I'm going into. Um, It's kind of funny because, well, a short history of (laughs) me and my entrepreneurial journey. um, I've always been like super into, I've never been bored. I always, I always have something to do. And it was, it wasn't until recently that I was like, oh, you know what? Um, I could start making money with well, recently, a few years ago, I was like, oh, I can start making money with stuff that I do on the side because I'm always doing something. Mm-hmm. And so I did a little bit of um, social media marketing, mm-hmm. um, actually back in Tennessee. And then when we moved here to uh, Iceland, my wife and I we were like, oh, let's be influencers. You yeah. know, <laughs> we're in Iceland. Like, how hard can that be? We realized it's really hard. Yep. It's like really, really hard. People don't realize um, not only does it take so much time to create the content mm-hmm. and what we were doing was pictures and video. We had a YouTube channel, still do, Seth and Agnes, if anybody <laughs> wants to go check it out. We have some cool <laughs> videos on there. Um, but yeah, we created pictures and video. It's a lot of work, mm-hmm. a lot of work to capture and edit. And then there's also the fact that you're putting yourself out there. Yep. Um, nobody, like... I don't know of anybody, even people who have thousands of followers, they always have this thought of, you know, oh, do I look good in this picture? Do yeah. I, you know, am I presenting this right? Are people going to judge me for this? You know, yep. so it's really hard. And I gained a huge respect for influencers, content creators during that process. Mm-hmm. Then I started working full time as a nurse and we kind of let that slide. And right at that same time, 
Yeah, then there was a car website in between. And then I got approached <laughs> about this uh, travel company. And so, so now, I'm doing, um, now I'm doing travel worth living. But what I, and so as I was doing these conversations, I was like, you know, I really want to delve into this content creation thing because yeah. that's kind of what I'm doing as well with the podcast is yep. creating content, you know, creating stories. And I'm much more comfortable doing that than doing photography. Yeah. And so that's the other thing. Content creation can be a whole whole bunch of different things. Yeah, I can do photography. Um, but I really, really love talking to people and I really, really love sharing stories. Yep. And so that's what I'm going into. It's not my fit or my wife's fit um, for doing influencer, you know, like, like publishing ourselves on social media. So yeah, so what I want to do with Travel Worth Living as, as we head into season two is kind of open the door, let people understand this and understand how they can travel. Because that's the other thing. Um, it gives you, you're able to make money and you're able to work remotely. Yep. Now that, now that COVID has happened, there are so <laughs> many people who are realizing that, oh, we can work remote. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have to be tied down to a physical location. I, I think I just saw Facebook is um, expanding, like they're continuing remote work yep. for the foreseeable future um, for all their employees. And so then, you know, that cuts out a lot of expenses, but there's also good things about working together in person. Again, you have that community. So yep. that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> um, but yeah, so being able to work remotely uh, gives you the, that freedom to be like, hey, I want to be in Iceland, you know, for three months, what, six months, whatever. Yep. Uh, then I want to go somewhere tropical. I want to experience the beach, amazing, you know, yeah. then you can go there. So it gives you that freedom. And that's why it's, it's so amazing because you have that freedom. And so I want to be able to share how people can do that um, and kind of uncover that a little. While at the same time, that's why my tagline is sharing the how and why of full-time travel. Because mm. I want to share the how, but I also want to share the why, yep. like why it's important. Um, because I still want to get those conservationists on my podcast. Like <laughs> I still want to, because that's the other thing. A lot of times these people who travel, they understand global events and stuff that's happening on a much better scale than people who never leave their local bubble. Yep. And so it's kind of like, I want to share the business that propels you into full-time travel, but there are way too many people who travel just to discover themselves and they never discover themselves. It's like, they're <laughs> just, it's kind of like a selfish mentality. Yep. Um, and then there are those who just, they give back, you know, they give back so much. They share their stories. They mm -hmm. share their, their content in a meaningful way that really connects with their audience. And I want to highlight those people. I love that. I love that. That is awesome. And is that like, honestly, like you talk on it, like the global, like understand the global events at scale. Is that, is that one of the most meaningful reasons to travel is to understand the different cultures and like the impacts of, you know, what's impacting that specific uh, like country in itself? Yeah, that is a great question. Um, that is a fantastic question. Fantastic question. I would say so. Um, I think the, nah, it, it's kind of a tie. For me, I think travel helps you understand more about yourself and yeah. more about like how you relate to other people um, and what kind of habits you have or cultural um, attitudes you have that yeah. may just be cultural <laughs> and not actually, you know, oh, this is the right way to do things. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if you're able to eloquently share that with your audience, 
then that is pro- like challenging that worldview is probably the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, second to that, I think would be, you know, global issues, um, you know, whether that's deforestation or, you know, the rhino wars. Um, yeah. I talk a lot about that because I've talked to two or three people um, about that. So I, I know quite a bit about that. And yeah, I, I think that is important as well. But I think the most important is kind of breaking down those cultural barriers mm-hmm. because it helps us relate to each other. It helps us relate to our local community as well as our global community. Um, just because once we realize that a lot of prejudices we have are because of where we grew up, yep. it really opens our eyes. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. And we are kind of winding down on time here. I do want to ask you one final question. It's goes off pretty perfectly on that is actually so if you were to travel anywhere in like your young 20s by yourself uh where would that be outside of the U.S. yeah by myself honestly I think right off the top of my head I would I would probably go to Bali um Bali has a very cheap cost of living uh you're able to as an expat you can't own land um because only local nationals uh, are able to own land, but it's very cheap to rent, very cheap to live. There's a huge expat community there. So you could plug in whether you want to do photography um, or you just want to, you know, explore a new place. You're a digital nomad. And again, digital nomads can be anybody. You could be a remote software developer. Um, You don't have to be an influencer or content creator Mm -hmm. to be a digital nomad. Um, So if I were by myself in my early 20s, um, I would probably go there uh, (laughs) because it's, yeah, it's just an incredible place to, it's warm, it's tropical, and you have a great expat community. Um, If it's your first trip, you know, and you're Mm -hmm. nervous about about, uh, going to a new country. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Seth, you were awesome. I really enjoyed speaking with you. What would be the best way to reach you, to listen to the podcast, to contact you? You can, I want you to share everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, thanks. Uh, You are incredible as well, Ryan. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. I think uh, the best way to best way to look me up right now is just go to travelworthliving.com. I don't have my personal website up and running. I, yeah. So the best, the best place is my podcast website. And yeah, you have all the contact details on there. I am most active on Instagram. I'm just Seth Sutherland on Instagram. So you can find me on there as well and say, Hey, I always love meeting new people and connecting with uh, others who are passionate about business and passionate about changing the world. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. That's, that's my favorite. So yeah, Seth, thank you everyone. Those will be um, in the description. Definitely give them a follow, check out the podcast, check out season two drop in tonight. Um, And thank you so much, Seth, for coming on. You're awesome. No problem. Thank you. Oh, yeah.